how do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley. I have a very special guest with me on today. I have Tony Greenberg. Tony is the CEO at Ramp Rate and also has invested and advised in over 40 different companies, including blockchain, healthcare, and emerging markets, also helping with our go-to-market strategy, and is foundational in terms of some of the things he's working on with blockchain as it started and in terms of innovation. Tony, happy to have you on, man. Welcome. Excited to get into this with you. You forgot uh, international male model. <laughs> international man of mystery, just like Austin Powers. <laughs> We're tapping into uh-huh. the back. So, uh, I mean, dude, there, there's way more. St- I mean, the, the thing I didn't mention, which I think this is cool as hell, is this is going, this is going uh, you know, back in the archives a little bit, but you helped launch the first digital record label with Beck, Beastie Boys, and Foo Fighters, all great bands that I've loved, and I've seen most of them as well. So it's pretty cool, man. Well, it's uh, I can't seem to keep a job, but the projects <laughs> keep flying in. So we're having a bit of fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. So I'm just obviously scratching the surface of, of what you've done and the journey that you've been on. So can you give just a quick backdrop on your journey? Because it's I mean, you've touched a lot of different areas, done a lot of amazing things, worked with amazing people, but would just love to hear your version of the story. And before we go into that, though, talk to me about what you're focused on today, like where you're at, what's your primary focus today, and kind of your mission and your vision. I think for 20 years, I've spent a bunch of time helping other people elevate their business and create impact in the universe and help them measure it. And so now I'm on that same journey to measure the impact uh, across many boundaries uh, in the businesses that I touch. So simply about five years ago, I became focused on a uh, motif, a theme uh, that's elevating the way business does business. And simply I've watched uh, a lot of poor businesses that have poor ethics and 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 morals become successful and i've seen the opposite uh and i'm i'm thrilled that we now have the the distribution mechanisms the technologies the measurement systems to be able to make a choice how we show up in this universe how we're of service and how we're able to create value and value exchange with our ecosystem so i elevate the way business does business uh, whether it's an investment or as a services uh, component or however we're working on uh, building value in the universe, and then we try to measure it. So I'm I'm super happy around that. Uh, I, That's awesome. Uh, we I love that. We, we love ahead. the idea. Uh, you know, I think the world became enthralled with this idea of decentralize everything, but the real issue isn't to decentralize everything, which became the mantra of the of the blockchain community. Uh, what it really is is decentralize governance and decentralize uh, and make fair and elevate the way business does business and corporations are mostly psychopaths do business. And so I'm, I'm <laughs> focused on um, orchestrating and um, enabling those uh, businesses to elevate, transform and uh, do better in the world. 
Uh, I think my path, in short, is uh, I started out as an entrepreneur, turning everything into shit. And uh, eventually I learned how to <laughs> turn everything into straw and some of them into gold and some of them back to the earth as nothing. So succeeding and failing has been, um, been a PhD at that. Uh, I started out as a retailer uh, and then I was involved in the building of the reshaping of the hosting industry in the 90s. Uh, we took a company public called Exodus Communications. Um, then I was, joined a company where we decided that we didn't want to make reservation reservations call, for calling uh, for conference calling, which we used to have to do. So we broke up that and uh, invented next generation uh, video conferencing. And then I was involved in a, a business that uh, raised a bunch of money that was YouTube before YouTube. And we pioneered webisodes or short form web um, stuff that would be for narrow niche audiences. And then I was involved in uh, uh, helping a, a venture firm turn around a bunch of stuff and grow their asset base. And I, I sort of built a, a business around business planning at the highest level, working for companies like Microsoft and Disney and Sony and Yahoo and Goldman Sachs and helping them decide how to compete or roll up or to build products. Uh, and I, I did that side by side with a, a mainstay of business, which was uh, renegotiating large scale multi-million dollar contracts for Fortune 500 companies and their service providers. So we, we did a little magic trick there for a long while. And it uh, got us to have a wonderful core group of relationships in the CXO suite. And we've sort of evolved the soup of the business planning practice and the, and the, um, uh, you know, and the blockchain community and this impact measurement. And now we, we do everything from make investments directly into companies uh, that are decentralizing healthcare and telecom and, and other cool stuff, or we advise them uh, and we take them under our wing and we do their growth strategy and their business planning and we add fancy board members and advisors and structures and governance or build their DAOs. And uh, a lot of times these companies are really wonderful technologies that have been living in the blockchain that need to start breathing the big air in the corporate enterprise. So we've been uh, very focused on that and uh, having a little bit of fun along the way. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you, you keep yourself busy. I mean, to put it mildly, you, you, you're working on a lot right now. Um, so a lot of areas we could dig into here that, that I'm, I would absolutely be fascinated about. Why don't we start about, you know, I, I heard you mention measuring impact and really helping businesses kind of, I don't know, focus on on that. And then you mentioned as well, leveraging blockchain. How do you do that? Or like, what do you mean specifically by, you know, combining, combining um, blockchain and then impact? Don't get me started. Uh, there, there seems to be an emotion around the millennial sub and minus community that says that they're building these companies that many of them don't even have boards that they're doing this to create mm -hmm. impact in the universe or the the let's change the world i don't want you to change the world i want you to make the world better and i want you to reduce friction and i want you to work on human rights and environmentalism but i don't want to talk about it i want to measure it 
I want you to say how many broadband connections you're going to light up to reduce illiteracy in Africa. I want to find out exactly how many gallons of water you're going to make clean for a family. I want to know how the software that you're building is going to create efficiencies in a market that can't access banks or can't access money or don't have fluid marketplaces to buy and sell things that they've created. So when people talk about creating an impact or changing the world, tell me how, tell me how you're measuring it. And I'll be super, super happy to have that conversation. I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, I'm still learning how to do it myself with a, a band of fabulous gypsies and, and people that have uh, spent many, many years measuring impact. Uh, yet um, I'm coming close to cracking the model of learning what a vertical is, learning how it it creates value in the market and figuring out how to build the narrative and the reporting and the audit of that also. Uh, you know, we've, we've played auditor from everywhere from large corporations like Microsoft to blockchain that said they, you know, made this many Bitcoin and we checked their energy bills and it wasn't true. So we're looking mm -hmm. for truth and we're looking for materiality and we're looking for, you know, people finding their true calling, their true intentions, and building and reporting against what they built and how they're managing this community build out. So uh, we work a lot in those spaces. And so to answer your question more succinctly, um, blockchain is an incremental technology. It's not an exponential technology. It is a shifting of how governance right. happens. And a lot of people seem to connect blockchain to Bitcoin to you know, this, that, and the other. And they're all kind of different tracks and different memes and different ideas of thought. But the idea is the old school presumably the old guard where corporations were created with a shared fiduciary risk with the shareholders or they guarded the fiduciary risk of the shareholders. Um, these constructs have changed. The command and control businesses of yesterday, of yesterday are being fully disrupted and, and, and there's new entries that come in. In the same way, when the, when the business came in called the internet, everything shifted. Uh, then when compute uh, became distributed and that became a blockchain, which is in essence a security layer on top of the internet. Um, people started building businesses that started to shift how a secure internet would create value. So without going into a history lesson, I think there's now enough build out over the last five years of technologies and protocols that are starting to integrate with real world systems and creating the margin release that we did in Internet 1.0, which sometimes had 40, 60, 70% margin release out of nowhere, just by reshifting the business models in these uh, new entities. Okay, that's a lot to unpack. Um, so so g give me a specific example of where you see some of the biggest opportunities here. Actually, let, let, me, let me rephrase that. Who do you see doing this really well right now? Well, you know, I got to be honest. I used to think I knew everything. Now I know I know nothing except my own business or my own <laughs> businesses. And it's hard to keep track of. Um, yet where there's a pure thought or uh, an energy that is pushing towards, a, a, you know, better, faster, cheaper for a great number of people, I find that super exciting. So I'm currently working uh, with one of my companies that's built marvelous technology around decentralizing telecom and improving performance on the internet. That's called Centropy. They've got a very, very deep part. 
and they've you know managed to secure magnificent humans uh, that I helped them with uh, from the heads of product at Verizon and AT&T and, and Microsoft and uh, you know, got fans at Intel and they're building a better, faster, cheaper telecom that enables more interesting routing that saves the people a bunch of time and servers a bunch of time and everybody a bunch of money. So that one's called Syntropy and the Noya Token. Love that one. I have another client, confidentially named, that we're working on um, the redefinition of how to take a foundation and turn it into a highly ethical and just DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization, which is a new, I wouldn't call it a new form of 501, but it is a, a structure of fairness around voting and governance that becomes really interesting. I have another client I'm super excited about that is decentralizing healthcare. We've taken a uh, 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 and built a native self-sovereign identity uh, healthcare data management platform that is an API interface with everything from DNA to biochemistry to your healthcare records to gestural sciences to the vitamins that you should be taking and the exercises you shouldn't be doing at which time is the best or the worst. And those start wow. to build data that will drive a uh, a relationship between lowering the cost uh, of insurance for insurers and uh, and employers. And so I'm super excited about that. And that brings in talk therapy and psychedelic medicine and, uh, you know, all sorts of amazing new human technologies, including words as music and words as medicine. So I'm super excited about um, the congealing of all of these elements that will uh, increase people's exponential rate to heal. Wow. A lot of, I wouldn't say cutting edge, a lot of bleeding edge things that sounds like that you're touching or working or getting involved with. Um, Which so makes awesome. me have a lot of band-aids, I promise. <laughs> the bleeders, you need some band-aids. Well, yeah. I mean, so how did you get to this point, man? Like, I mean, I know you walk through your journey, but like and you, you mentioned before we jumped on, you're advising like 40 different organizations. And so I guess, how did you, how did you get involved with so many companies? Like as an not, entrepreneur, not saying like, how, no. how are you managing all this? <laughs> I have a vision and my venture team, uh, we believe there's a thread between digital identity and um, media and uh and different forms of tech so we have uh, an idea they are all simpatico with each other in one way or another whether it's an investment in a 500 store chain of uh, hair salons that has some intentions to uh, transition some of their salons to healing centers uh, to uh, uh, a company that maps DNA to endocannabinoids that does recommendations for supplements uh, to a, a project code 29, which is um, extracted um, through tribal arrangements and partnerships, the ability to create unscheduled medicines that will heal people uh, in the universe and over a hundred medicines and things like that, that are coming in through that channel. Uh, they all start to weave. In the, in the decentralizing telecom, uh, it starts opening up um, also broadband betterment, which allows better education and, uh, and a higher ability 
to be impactful in your own communities. So all of them sort of revolve around the same theme. And, you know, I incent my team to cross map these portfolio companies and grade them on their capacity for impact across uh, their ability to um, build a business healthy and, uh, and, and do work with each other. So it's a, we, we pick it like that and they come to us either for support to grow their firm or they may come for a check and then they figure out they need more infrastructure, uh, which is accounting and, you know, and, and legal advice and, you know, managing employees. And so we'll go down that path. And, and as we learn more management skills and I coach some of the CEOs, uh, there's nothing new I got. I learned from Masters of the Universe uh, how to work in that realm. And so I study a lot of the greatest teachers in each of these spaces to uh, be the guy because I always tell somebody, you got to get a who to go to. And sometimes that's me. And our job as a company and me as a person is to not answer the question, but to find the person who can and who can do the work and how to contract them properly and how to um, you know, create success in that engagement. That's sort of the heartbeat of how you find talent, experts, contract them to get done what you do that increases the betterment of your impact and your organizational structure and your trajectory to growth. So, so Tony, do you model, you mentioned Masters of the Universe, do you model their, their belief patterns? Uh, when you're, Absolutely. when you're, you're looking and learning. <laughs> yeah. So, so let me, cause I'm curious, cause this is hot on my radar right now. And this is, is belief patterns of, of people that I'm modeling. So like, I guess like who are the top three people yeah. that you model? And then, you know, you'll what? always get mad because he doesn't want to talk to anybody because <laughs> he's busy, <laughs> but I'm, I'm constantly mindful of a, of a relationship I've had over dozens of years that I've recently rekindled who really, not just as a master of the universe, but a master of the highest growth technology companies in the universe. You can study uh, podcasts and read a free book online uh, from my friend, and, uh, and I'll call him a mentor. He'll <laughs> uh, his name is Matt Moshari, M-O-C-H-A-R-Y. And he has something called the Moshari mm-hmm. Method. And for those who don't know who he is, he's, he's been the CEO coach for like everybody from Brian Armstrong at Coinbase to Steve Huffman at Reddit to the founders of Neuralink to, to the founders of Brex to Robinhood. There isn't any flying, flying high company that isn't utilizing his high velocity structured approach to innovation and management. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled when I caught up with him and he said, I said, what's your business model, Matt? He says, well, it's interesting. I said, I said, would you get a piece of the company? Do you do this? He's been very successful. He says, well, actually, I just work for free. <laughs> and I pick my clients, and that's the key to my success. I pick the people that are most amenable to absorbing and digesting my systems. And I'm able in, in not but a few sessions with my book and the software tools that he's building under the Mashari method to actually, uh, you know, significantly transform a hunk of clay into a jet, you know, into a, you know, into a jet. So without unabashedly, I highly recommend his book called The Great CEO Within. And if you ever have a chance to listen to him and learn from him, I've learned so much about how to even manage my own portfolio and streamline 
uh, how to stack rank, uh, make the stuff important in Q for me. Uh, then uh, there's a, another guy I like, uh, you know, I would say he's a guru from the 60s, 70s. His name is Arnold Patent. He wrote a book, You Can Have It All, and another book called Money, and another mm-hmm. book called The Journey. And the disciplines keep me focused from a spiritual perspective, and I'm able to stack rank and queue what's important and how to work on things and how to see the universe and how to create more participatory and a more, I'll say, monistic uh, world, uh, following monism and just understanding the counter effects and balances of the work I do and my team and, you know, how we embrace the universe. So I'd say those, uh, those are two. And the third one, I'm not going to tell you because I'm keeping it to myself. <laughs> That's fine, man. That's fine. I mean, those two are, yeah. those two are great. Um, and, and so, like, what would you say is uh, of the three, the two that you mentioned and the, the other one you're keeping private, I guess, what would you say are, like, the top three or it could even be the top single one belief patterns that they have that makes them so successful that that you think is absolutely amazing? There's a guy, a, a variety of other people, but, you know, w- when people decide to be successful they're not successful because they care about money. They're successful because they have a passion about something and they drive that passion into a business and they find inertia. Uh, another mentor and friend of mine is a gentleman named William Quigley, who was the co-founder of something called Idea Lab in the 90s. They, 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 uh, they, they uh, actually uh, invested in over 500 companies that had dozens of IPOs with a guy named Bill Gross. And he said, Tony says, if I take a look across all the enterprises that I've made investments in, I can be very, very clear with you. If you want to look for a threat of success, we've starved them for capital. And they had a mentor and they had inertia wind at their back. And the rest is all luck. And if anybody tells you anything is different, you're wrong. And he's uh, also a mentor and a close friend for dozens of years. And William has recently built the WAX ecosystem as one of the more formidable engineers of the mindsets of how virtual assets into the marketplace. And, you know, they run marketplaces for these NFTs and digital assets, kind of originally concepted by guys like uh, uh, Eric Poulier, who's running Vatom and uh, Black V. And so the first thing is that it's, it's about the person being inquisitive and creative and questioning and not being bullheaded and finding a market with the wind at your back and having a mentor and uh, you know managing your business being heart-centered and and I would mm. say the second thing is uh, if you line up the smartest people I know and the richest people I know they're totally different people and so absolutely really uh, managing people which is the heartbeat of all the successes outside of a, you know, a not nicely run firm centered around intellectual property or a patent. Uh, this is driven by the person's ability to manage and lead, right? And so we all listen to, you know, Sun Tzu and, and we, we, we read how to manage people and how to ignite the human spirit. Uh, yeah, not everybody does that. And that doesn't take brilliance. You need brilliance in an analyst. You need, you need brilliance in somebody who's accountable for their work and for getting stuff done and reporting back and being proud of what they do and picking up the baton and carrying it. But to create financial success is, is merely mm-hmm. 
a, a method of management. And then it takes a very, very unique special person to manage against the impact that they create in the world. And that's what I think we're all learning how to do and figuring how to do. And I'm excited and hope to become a leader of, 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 of that thought and that process. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that's great, man. I, I, I love that. And I'm, I'm still unpacking everything you, you mentioned right there. So, um, so, cause I love the idea of measuring impact. And so let, g- give me an example. What, what would you, I mean, do you look at it almost as like leading indicators or lagging indicators like you would with revenue, but just applied to the amount of people you impact? Is that kind of you the way do that. And that, that again, you try it's probably a deeper it? subject that I can get to, but I will point to another resource. There's, I've been a, lucky enough to have been accepted as an LP for another close friend of mine over a decade ago with my first impact investment. And his name is Will Poole, who used to run Windows at Microsoft top five executive in the world, uh, a deep impact warrior on every level. Uh, first guy I saw on a Segway, and uh, I almost wanted to tell that to Dean Kamen, who I happened to be in a video with the other day. But, but Will uh, not only has built a successful uh, formula around impact investing, he chose to do it in India, and then he chose a dozen other countries. So he built something, Unitas.vc, unitus.vc mm-hmm. and capria.vc in partnership with Dave Richards and he's got investors like Bill Gates and Vinod Kosla. And, you know, he snuck me in on the side because, you know, I suppose I did a lot of good work for him back in the Microsoft days, but they have an annual <laughs> report that I believe is the best. You can go and you can download it. Unitas and Capria annual report. They're an impact first fund. That's also making money. And uh, they've been a driver and a, a huge, inspiration to me on my path to a clarity around why I'm here. What, what, what good am I? What is my essence? And, and so I'm, I'm happy to report and refer you to Unitas Ventures and, uh, and Capria. So how, Tony, how'd you figure that out, man? Cause that's, that's the, the question, the why question, right? Like I, I had it and I'm, I'm still working on figuring that out. You know, people go through the midlife crisis and it pops up or smacks you in the face. So I, I guess like, how did you figure that out? And was there, you know, a way that you helped answer your purpose question or, or did you just eventually just know after doing so many different things? You know, the, the, the sequence in which that we decide to become who we are uh, and, and that is our behaviors to the jobs we take, to where we live, how we engage with others, how well we're trusted, how well we trust. Uh, you know, some of us go down the path of, 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 of yoga. Some of us go down the path of holotropic breathwork. Some of us use plant medicine. Some of us are, use psychedelics to get to a breakthrough. When we're all really just moving from what I call the distance between <laughs> uh, breath and source or truth and belief. And what I do know is on that path, everything we do is binary. It's either more towards uh, breath or truth or the most powerful things that we can't prove, such as God or source. And there's another discipline that also looks from a more Buddhist 
philosophy around Ho'opo'ono, which is a Hawaiian tra- tradition of either accepting that which is inspiring or inspiration or divinity or that which is cleansing, and that every two acts that we do are one of the other. In the plotting of the actions that we take towards breath or God uh, is everything that we do every day. And so me understanding how um, I affected other people and how other people affect me, that got me to understanding how I want to spend my time. And I've been lucky enough to be able to be focused less on wealth creation and more on, you know, doing a great job, connecting the dots and connecting the people. You know, if I were to have a mission, it's different than my, my calling, my ability to take disparate humans and find a path for them in random moments to get together and one plus one equals 100. That's my talent. That's a connector. That's a person who looks at people and finds out their deepest value and finds out someone who needs that. And then you sew them together. And if I do that and make sure that there's business models surrounding that, uh, then it's really fantastic for me to uh, find those successes in, in exponential connecting of humans and projects. And I think that's where I have the most fun and that's where I get paid the most, which allows me to fill you know, my philanthropy uh, and my, my foundation, which is yet to unfold uh, this year or next year. I hope we can explain it better. Uh, but I just found out w- how to delight my customers, how to delight my investors, how to invite my investments, how do I delight my employees, and how can they delight me. And if I focused on the simple action of knowing what gives me energy and what takes away energy and try to be only around people that give me energy and, and give me positive mm-hmm. energy, and if I can pass myself to that, then my intuition will drive me to make the right decisions or allow the right decisions to be made within my own space. So it's pretty natural. It's called paying attention and being conscious. I have a a great, if anybody hasn't seen Midnight Gospel, um, it teaches a lot about uh, the masters of thought around philosophy and spirituality and you don't have to be religious or anything to do any of these things. You just have to be conscious. And Midnight Gospel examines a lot of these teachings in the space. It's an animated series. It's just wonderful. I don't even know who created it. But there's a wonderful uh, uh, show, I don't know, seven, six or seven, where they discuss what presence is and how do you be present. And that's, you know, not in the future, not in the past, but they have a tactical way of explaining it. And I invite you to watch it. Um, you know, even guys that are extremely linear and scientific, such as, um, I'll come up with the name, the, the hub, of, hub of awareness. Uh, there's a, a, a gentleman who's a, a scientist that teaches meditation. Uh, even he uh, has added being conscious of others that's a less scientific issue and expressing unconditional love for those advantaged and disadvantaged that are within your, uh, your touch points uh, of, of, of life. And so uh, I also, Dan Siegel, Dr. Dan Siegel, the hub of awareness, another uh, wonderful school of study for me. Did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, man. No, it's, I think it's, it's awesome because like, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. and that's, that's, that's sound 
tactical advice, right? Yeah. You look at what gives you energy and what doesn't and only put you in those situations. Like I just, I just had interviewed, um, Gina, the, the founder of, of mighty networks. And she said the number one advice she'd give to her 20 year old self was to be really, really deliberate on what inputs, you know, you're taking in, uh, down to a really specific level. And so, so yeah, I think it aligns with that. Uh, I think it's absolutely awesome. I got to switch gears and we're almost up out of time. So I got to ask you a question in regards to scaling uh, before we, we keep moving. So for you, Tony, obviously you're advising and, and investing in over 40 different companies right now. What would you say is the single biggest challenge that or pattern you see in terms of, of growing revenue? Well, um, the, the, the thing that's been what I call an oscillating paradox is watching the valuations of companies make people believe that they're smarter than they are. Markets aren't created to, and wealth is not created to show you how smart you are. It's just actually, uh, those are markets. That's inertia. And so I, the threat to founders that, you know, believe that because they've made some money, that somehow they're smart or that somehow they're done or how somehow they don't, you know, owe the return to the investor, that's deeply troubling to me. I want pebble the metal and I want to not see people starve, but I want to see people continue to follow through on their commitment to their shareholders. Shareholders and fiduciary risk is, I wish I could talk to you another hour about that. The ensuing Dow governance and the path of benefit corporations and B Corp certifieds and 501s and how these companies are starting to shift is something I'm enamored with and doing a lot of work with. And uh, 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 so the first thing is not thinking that money and that wealth uh, is, is what makes you smart or what makes you motivated. That's a, a big problem. Uh, the second is um, everyone needs a coach. Uh, I got enough clients, <laughs> but everyone needs people they trust to be sounding boards. And if you are believing your own self or what we call breathing your own ether, or at Microsoft when I was doing a work there, eating your own dog food, which is using your own software, if you're not, your inputs from others, you're just really lost. You're not a self-contained unit, you're a community. You, you have a community. You have a, a, a family of people that you work with that you learn to grow the deep respect with. Be conscious of that which you affect in the universe because you're touching thousands of people. I'm, I'm on the board of an advisory to one of the fastest growing COVID testing companies in the world. And they're looking at whether their business is longevity or whether it's ending the pandemic or if it's you know, ending human misery through the shifting of social institutions. You know, where is it that you're creating impact in the universe and are you making decisions that will drive that betterment and that exponential value? Um, in another event, you know, I'm working with this fabulous um, organization that really does moonshots, right? And super enthralled mm -hmm. to work with many of the masters of the universe that are achieving solutions to the world's greatest problems. Uh, th these are people that have more money than I've ever even dreamed of. 
and yet they put their feet on, their pants on every day, left and right, or their skirts, or their, um, you know, spacesuits, and they, they get out <laughs> and they do it, and they care, and they get up in the morning and they create value. And if you're not creating value, or you don't know, then you go to everybody you work with and you say, am I creating value in your life? Am I giving you energy or taking it away? Are you happier here than you could be? What can I do? And the first thing when employers and CEOs start to realize <laughs> you are not the boss. Your boss is your customer and your boss is your employee. They're going to tell you what to do. And if you're not listening, then you're in the wrong role. And so I, I heed that to understand when you are a CEO and you are a leader, you are of service to your ecosystem and be conscious of that because they are your boss. And um, I'm hoping that's able to uh, give you some of my thoughts. Yeah, no, that's, it's great, man. Great, great advice. And so we're, we're up on time right now and I know normally do a fast fire, but we've, we've gone over, I want to be sensitive to your time. So one, one question that I'll ask you and it'd be interesting if, for your feedback is knowing what you know now and the journey that you've been on, what, what advice would you tell your 20 year old self? Get a great CFO <laughs> and pay him as much money as you can afford <laughs> operating the company or as Matt would say, chief of staffs uh, are the most valuable thing that a CEO can have. If you want to be a visionary and a creative person such as myself, you know, don't get in the middle of the day to day operations and you'll soar and fly like an eagle. An early mentor of mine, Bill Murray, he did a book about eagles. I, I forget what it was called. Just put in Bill Murray Eagles. Uh, and uh, it, anything that can release me from doing not what I'm made for is fantastic. While Enneagrams are all the rage, you can also check out something I was a part of many, many years back called Care Dimension Profile or Team Dimension Profile. And if you take your management team and everybody takes this industrial organizational psychology assessment, you can map out where you fit in conceptual linear adopting or changing behaviors. And you can actually figure out how to scale through innovation. And innovation simply is the elimination of the ruining of the big idea. Another mentor, Al Fadden, F-A-H-D-E-N. So download his book, download that test, do this, do that. <laughs> Everything is within your possibility to create the greatest success that you could ever imagine or that your parents ever dreamed you had possibility of. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Ryan. Excellent, man. <laughs> Thanks for being on. It was awesome. Really appreciate your time and your insights. And where can people find you? Where can they where learn more about you and, and what you're doing? Well, today? I'm like a middle-aged ranting guy. I do a lot of writing. Some current writings are <laughs> at TonyGreenberg.com or in Double Blind Magazine, I talk about extractive capitalism. Uh, I have a bunch of stuff uh, from, from Forbes in the old days, and uh, I'm going to be publishing on some new platforms, especially around the, the governance of DAOs. So TonyGrimber.com, my company's name is Ramprate, Syzygy Impact is my foundation and services organization, and you can find me everywhere, find the internet is sold. Excellent. Well, it was a pleasure. Awesome having you on and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for checking out The Scale Up Show. 
My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.